I'm just, I am a little nervous. I've thought a lot more about being a dad than I've thought about um, <clears throat> making conversation with the person carrying my baby. Right, well, I'm nervous too. To my sperm, to the donor's egg, and to your uterus. Cheers. Cheers. Well, you are the, the rom-com guy. I do like rom-coms a lot. I, uh, I just did an hour, or I produced the, the recording was a lot longer, uh, uh, over an hour, about an hour and five minutes on how to lose a guy in 10 days uh, that I, I really Ooh. made Dave go through it. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is a shot by shot. Slow, slow down, son. <laughs> we got plenty of time to talk about this. Um, so... How did this one come? Did it, I can't remember if I said, hey, let's do something on this, or if you just said, hey, this is coming up, uh, this particular film. you may have suggested this one to me. I had Somebody had reached out to me about this one, um, and oddly enough, it was the same week that I was sent a, a screener for Rutherford Falls, which is Ed Helms' TV show that he did for Peacock uh, that just started this week, so... I felt like I'd had my fix of Ed Helms for the week, but figured throw this on also once you uh, were interested in it. And it was kind of interesting to watch these two sides of him in the same week. Okay. Because it's, there's two sides to him as an actor um, where you have this more quiet, subdued supporting character really we're in together together. He's, I think most of the comedy lands on the female lead. She's the one with the quips and he's just more or less the, sounding board for it and he's a far more broad character in rutherford falls and seeing both of those side by side i think that i do prefer him in these quieter roles um and that's kind of he started in the office as more of that cartoonish side and i think eventually he grew into the quieter but it would still bounce back and forth between them are you familiar at all with uh, Patty Harrison, who's the the lead in in this? No, film? not at all. Yeah, I. Um, She's really good, though. Well, okay, that's a that's a a high compliment I can give her is that she's. I think so good in this and so likable that I'm like, oh, I've probably seen her in like 10 things, <laughs> you know, and she's been on the come up and you go to IMDb and she was in a simple favor, which that's not it. Cause I don't remember what small part she had there. Uh, she's a writer on big mouth, the Netflix okay. animated show. Um, and like really not much else as far as being an on screen performer. Uh, a lot of comedies, like in especially in animation. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to give high praise there that <laughs> I'm like dismissing this sort of new talent as like being so seasoned and good that she must have been around for at least a decade now doing some manner of this. She's pretty comfortable here. It doesn't feel like she's green at all. I, this is, yeah, quite a. I. Is she a writer then? Is that her background? I should have actually opened up the IMDb she just, page. She just looks like she's just into comedy. Okay. Know, writing, performing, like any any number. Like, I mean, there's just a ton of different comedy projects. Like uh, Broad City, she was involved with, maybe maybe for just an episode. But it just sounds like she's just running in those circles. But uh, I wouldn't say that, you know, she comes across like, obviously she's funny here, but she comes across as like a genuine actor as well yeah. it's not like they just put let's just put a like you know i like sarah silverman 
But if you put Sarah Silverman, for instance, in this role, I think they're gonna they're gonna go for laugh every right. scene. You're gonna have so many laughs. And what I liked about this movie is it's not afraid to be not just uncomfortable, but not uncomfortable like you know Ed Helms to go back to like The Office, where that's known for uncomfortable humor. Right. But the characters are uncomfortable, but you're always free to laugh at them. Like that's that's part of the the tension relief. Subject matter here, I, I wondered from your perspective because for me, it's like watching an alien race. That, that's what I was Ed- thinking. Your uh- <laughs> mom, dad, have some exciting news. I'm pregnant. I mean, the surrogate is pregnant. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm mad. I just don't have anyone that I really need to share the news with. Does that bother you, Matt? Hey, sorry. Hey, man. Bryce? So did you guys just do it, or...? Matt! Oh, who is this guy? You can't do that. It says who? Are you, like, her uncle or something? No, I'm not her uncle. I'm the father. Oh, my God, you're her father? No, I'm not her dad. What do you think? It is more than fine to have sex when you're pregnant. But, like, my baby is in there absorbing ejaculate. I use protection. Why are you doing this alone? Because I am alone. I'm in this chapter of my life that feels like it should be over, but it's not. It's just on a loop. It's weird to be perceived as hopeless in this moment when I'm actually incredibly hopeful. Why are you alone? I don't think being alone is a bad thing. So are you going to have the baby shower? (laughs) I just want to say thank you for doing this with me, and I also apologize for everyone I know. Is that what this is like? Like donating an organ? I don't know. I've never donated an organ before we should have better boundaries are we friends aren't we i think that if we are in order for this to work we shouldn't be ed helms as uh he wants to to, you know we've seen it maybe gender flipped where we've seen films about a woman that wants to go to lawn and she Mm -hmm. wants to become a mother uh but ed helms is like he wants to be a father. He's financially secure, and it seems like he has the time commitment. Um, I mean, they like a lot of these type of films. They sort of absolve him of having to like be anywhere in particular because he's like an app developer. So he's created something that's made all of these things happen. But I, I was about to say I allow it as if I'm like you got one by oh, me. You snuck this fastball by me. But there's it's it's kind of like when they early on in the horror film when they start talking about the spotty cell phone service. Yeah. It doesn't have that feeling to it. You're not you're not seeing the writing on the walls. I actually feel like it sort of illuminates the character a little yeah. bit more. That he's the type of guy that would that would necessitate him becoming a father is knowing that all of those things are in place. Yeah. And I've I've now covered my bases in that regard. But what he's missing is obviously like a relationship to <laughs> to make this happen. So you have this awkward chemistry between the two that I, I have to admit that I think I would like this better on rewatch than the first time. And I liked it. I enjoyed it, but there are so many landmines with this particular setup, with these two characters and this premise that and I kept waiting for them to, it doesn't fall, fall on one of them. Trap. Doesn't, doesn't fall. No, no, not no. one, but it made me very tense where I'm like, yeah, I'm enjoying this, but they're going to do this. And then it's, you know, they're going to maybe lose me or I'm going to have to ignore that aspect of it. Uh, but it's true to the, I guess the nature of the Anna character. She sets some boundaries 
Yeah. And then actually sticks through them. Like, do you remember that, that time, maybe in the mid 2000s, where there was like the dating snake oil salesman, like Hustler? It's like they were trying to do the Frank TJ Mackey thing, except they were putting it like on A&E, where it's like they were telling these nerds <laughs> oh, really. how to date. The cool guys teach dudes like how to trick women. I I, I think I tapped out way before that with reality. I mean, I've so. never seen an episode of this because, well, I mean, I'm both better but also worse than the show's aims. The the worst part of me is like, well, I'm not going to see anybody fuck, so why <laughs> why do I care? <laughs> like to see if they like succeed in getting someone's number. Uh, and the second part was as a Magnolia fan, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty damn close to Got it. Uh, that brand of misogyny. But with this film, the way they sort of approach the like, look, dude, I don't, I don't care. I don't care how close we get because of this one life experience. I'm still not going to fuck you. You can do your rom-com song and dance, which I don't think the Ed Helms character is written that way. I don't think that he's ever. I No, I think that's us bringing our own baggage to the film. Right. It's not the right. film itself. That's actually what I was. I'm glad you were heading down that direction because we have our expectations of it. And so much so even all the way up to the last scene of the film, there's that part of me that's thinking this is going to be a typical film, that this is going to be a who's the boss episode. And it does, it never falls into that trap. And so I can see what you mean by having that pressure relieved that you could actually just enjoy um, two people that are genuinely, that they're thoughtful when they think about each other, they do care about each other a lot, but this isn't, they're not involved. And that's what the film's about. It's just two people that really do end up building a really good friendship. I don't know if it'll continue after this event, but it is, for this period of time, I think there was genuine affection for one another. And I think that's a really interesting story. They're both genuinely in it. In yeah. This, in this situation. Well, um, it's, she's not and then what's great about it. She's not into the pregnancy the way that he is. She's into providing this for him that she really does care about him towards the end. And I think this becomes about her giving this gift to him and it's not, and he is, so involved in this pregnancy that he's and that she's going through that he's really there for her in that way. And they're very supportive of each other, but have completely opposite goals, I guess. But it's not cynical in that way, but they both have something completely different. They're trying to get out of this. And it's really beautiful in that way. I think it's probably one of the more honest uh, rom-coms I get. This is, is this a rom-com? Would you put this under that it, it just has the feel of it where it's like okay so these these two characters who shouldn't be together but for what, whatever yeah. the the concept or the premise is that it forces them to to deal with each other for far longer than than you would uh which is a trapping of that genre but you're right there's no it's not selling itself as a romance uh it is you know comedic at times it's also uh, it's very sad, you know. It's, it's melancholy for both characters for for different reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to say is it you know is that dreaded sort of dramedy word, which I think when you say no, 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 no. There's a there's a good word. It's Albert Brooks. I think okay. this this is in that tradition where you have comedies that actually are deeply rooted in humanity and real stories. Um, if you look at something like Defending Your Life, if you put that in somebody else's hands, it could be. You know, if you had Aaron Sorkin writing that, that would be a much different film. Um, and so, but you could also have had Jim Carrey doing it. And it, but he's playing in the middle of that. So, I mean, it's just 
the genre defining of it. Yeah, I guess it would be that dramedy thing, but I really was thinking about Albert Brooks quite a bit when I was watching this. It felt like in that neighborhood of comedy that I love. So uh, could you see that or? Yeah, yeah. And Defending Your Life is the one that would probably come to mind uh, and that there's a there's a sweetness and an affection for both the characters. And I was probably most impressed, I mean, not with how the film treats Anna, played by Patty Harrison, because I think, you know, she's got the coolest lines. And <laughs> the, the one time they broach the subject, uh, of course, Woody Allen comes up where she's like, no, that would never happen in real life, which I appreciate because you know as a as a regular bully myself i'm like yeah woody allen that makes no sense like he is he he is a goblin there's no way (laughs) any of that ever made sense i don't know how he ever slept with diane keaton uh i just blame it on the 70s and and drug consumption i i and even that i i still think (laughs) i don't know to sleep with woody allen whatever i'm taking would have to kill me like (laughs) it would make me comatose but I enjoyed that like that. And that's as close as they come, I guess, as far as just confronting it. And it's through the means of something else. And also kind of talking directly to the audience as far as like, Oh, you've been primed because of these films and this bit of pop culture that a man and woman in particular, women, women have to put up with (laughs) any number of schlubby dudes, not only in real life, but especially in rom-coms. I mean, that's the, 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 the avatar effect of, I mean, knocked up is the poster was, can you imagine a woman fucking this guy? And it's Seth Rogen's face. I mean, just blown up <laughs> on there. So I appreciated that. But the the film that I was thinking of sort of in our old uh, format that we used to do where we'd, we'd sort of bring something as far as here's what was running through my head was it was more of like a tone than it was um, the, the particular dynamic. But uh, one of my favorites is You Can Count On Me, which is about a brother and a sister which that one leans far more dramatic given that the the relationship is sort of set in stone through tragedy, whether these two kids lose their parents early on like right. in their preteen teenage years. Um, but the, the actual story of the film with those two characters, the sort of week that they, they reunite is one of them really wants something from the other. And in that film, Laura Linney, she just wants her brother around. She just wants to have a family. So it reminded me of Ed Helms here where it's like, that's everything else is fairly set in his life. But if he could just have that thing and for whatever reason, he's not been able to make it happen. And so this person could gift that to them now. And you can count on me. It doesn't end that way. Cause Mark Ruffalo, um, you know, the way he's handled the, the same tragic event is he wants to get away from it. It's right. Whatever it is, you know, he doesn't want to be there anymore and he doesn't want the reminders. Uh, I think that this film where it differs greatly than something like that is the kind of what you touched on that this is a transactional relationship. Yeah. But when you think, when I even say those words, I never had that thought while I was watching the movie. I, I didn't have that sort of, uh, discomfort of like, oh, so we're no, it doesn't. It, it doesn't a baby feel to this man. It doesn't feel cheap in that way. It doesn't feel like, yeah, the the I think cynical. It doesn't feel like they're doing they're opportunists by any means. It, but it, I think it's actually, um, it's very honest in that way. Um, but it's also the purity of that transaction is what's so impactful, um, and that yet you can get caught up in their the relationship that they're having and not really see it that way. It's only 
when I started thinking about it a little bit later about that, will they, won't they aspect that I had drilled in my head the whole time that I was not letting go of that. I sat with this for a couple of days that I started thinking about it. And it's like, no, this is actually, it was obviously just, there was the gender flip of what we would normally see in films and then how this plays out in the end where it's subverting that expectation is clearly by design, but it's not something that's doing it just to subvert your expectation. It's actually, I think telling a really common and important story that men and women have deep friendships that don't have to have sex involved. Um, that there are people that genuinely care about each other. They could be coworkers, friends for life, whatever that is, or it could be somebody that you simply spent a plane ride with and you did something for them in the end, whatever that is, you can have brief encounters with people that mean the world to you that you'll hold on to for years to come. I don't see the two of these people having a deep relationship afterwards. I think that this, it just won't be there, but I, and maybe that's just the cynic in me, uh, but I do feel like what they did for each other isn't lessened by that. I'm not sure if you feel the same way or if you think that they would continue this I, well, afterwards. I just wonder, you know, how we're, we're trained by pop culture to expect like there has to be a reason, I guess it's either sex marriage or something of that nature. There has to be some sort of, uh, tie binding these characters, uh, for us to be like, well, why am I spending 90 minutes with them? Like if, if we know going into it that they won't end up together, uh, like the films that do that, there's usually like, uh, like bridges of Madison County. It's like, well, there's other elements that won't allow them to be, and we sure. want them to be together, but, that wouldn't be the decent thing to do. Not, not my reaction to that film, by the way. I, I, I'm the only. Are you wanting them to be together? You no, them yeah, to be together? I, I thought they were both adulterous assholes, and I hated both of them. So fuck them. <laughs> I think that's. Uh, well, I mean, is Clint Eastwood adulterous? No, I think, I think yeah, he's I think just a he's just the swinging dick photographer rolling through yeah, town. Yeah, yeah. So just the the handyman coming in, <laughs> like, hey, you got some lemonade, ma'am. <laughs> Also, would you like some penis? I have that <laughs> with me as well. Um, I I think I'm maybe a little less judgmental on, on Meryl Streep as far as, like, I don't know how recently you've watched that. That was one of my COVID watches, strangely. It's been um, a long time, and I'm pretty sure I had been cheated on around that time. So, but, All right. <laughs> there's I a... mean, I'm not saying, hey, okay, you're uh, married and a family man now, so now you'll get it. Now you'll get stepping out on your wife. I'm not saying that. I, I do. Well, think my that my wife would certainly get it at this point, at the yeah, very you, least. Yeah, I would. I would keep that. It was on HBO at the time. You just make sure that one's off the, the radar. But uh, I, I do think in that film they take a little bit more care as far as um, maybe what is is left wanting in Meryl Streep's life uh, at that at that point. Um, I don't. I don't think they paint the husband as a bad man that, that's what is. i was trying to remember it, it just seemed like he wasn't exciting right and, he's, and, he's kind of just blank um and yeah. i trust that that's the guy that i was trucking with in that movie <laughs> <laughs> he's you know the, the the best way to put it is he's stoic he's stoic uh he doesn't ask too many questions in fact he asks almost zero questions i think of his wife <laughs> as far as interest in her day um <laughs> I, I think that you could say that there's there's a different version of this film that is colder in that regard, and maybe that's just as healthy. Like depending on the character dynamics, uh, this could really you know mess some people up. And clearly, on, for both of us as viewers, 
we're like, well, they can't be just friends. You know, a baby is going to be handed over here. So like there has, they have to be some defined in some way closer, like, cause it's such an intimate experience. And I, I think that the way they, they wrap it up, it's, it's delicate. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like, you really, you really have to have trust in your audience. I guess, trust in like your actors up to that point of what you've crafted, that it's going to be satisfying in some way without something else. Like, cause Bridges of Madison County, and, and I know you've not seen it since, you know, the, since those, it, it, it's the, that, the scars are still there, there though. I, I okay. remember, but they, they, they go right into melodrama as far as hanging on the moment of at the, the end where party. they, they, they drive different directions. If yeah, I remember, he's, in front. Yeah. he's hanging like the, the necklace on the mm-hmm. rear view mirror and, and they, they hold that beat forever where it's like the, will they, or won't they, will Meryl abandon her, her husband and children to, to get in Clint's truck. And, you, but my point is, you know, even when you're watching it, even if you're like, man, that would be awesome if they could run away together. I don't think the film was ever telegraphing. That's going to happen. You know, as you're watching it, this is meant to end in tragedy for these two people. I didn't, I legitimately didn't know how this was going to end, but the characters in the film are honest about it. And it, it's really, it's me. It's me. Yeah. That's like, well, no, there's gotta be something else. And I'm like, no, everybody has been telling me <laughs> this is how it's going to go down. Why am I surprised by this? Oh, it's cause I'm the fucked up person. And I would be fucked up if I was involved in this. If I was Ed Helms, I couldn't just leave it at this. I would <laughs> I'd have, have a new baby and I'd be like, so you know what? What do I got to do here? Like, what's you need anything else from me? Like, I think there's... that's why you're not propositioning women twenty years your junior to be the surrogate right now. Um, you, there's a lot wrong with that <laughs> sentence. Like, there's a lot that's terrifying to me. Like, and, and just as it kept going, I'm like, oh god, no, absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. You just the sentence. You had at least four parts where you tapped out. So no, it's, <laughs> you're right. Any situation, any part of this that you're cast in this, it's not going to go well. Um, and that's what will keep me a decent man. I won't get into this trouble because just just the concept is like, eh, it sounds like an awful lot of lot of work. Awful lot of talking that's not going to be recorded and put out on the internet, which does me no good. But I feel like I've accomplished something when I <laughs> record these conversations. I don't, I don't feel like the film, as far as the origin of these characters, they do sort of drop you into it, though. Mm-hmm. No, no, they they drop you mid conversation, mid interview. Yeah, in fact, which is and, also very. Uh, you can count on me. That was the other thing I thought of, where it's like you feel like you've missed a scene. There's like this sort of shorthand uh, discomfort that I think they, that you're supposed to have. Beautiful bookends, the way that those two scenes complement each other, though. Have you decided? Uh, yeah. Um, could I get the pre range chicken pesto thing? And would you like fried potato or salad? Uh, Potato. Mm. A salad. Mm. And potatoes, please. And for you? Carbonara. Well, I'm a lot less nervous uh, after the. You know what? I'm sorry. I just was worried when you ordered the potatoes because <clears throat> what you eat. It eats. They eat. You ordered pasta with bacon. Yeah, but I'm the only one eating it. But I only matter for like the next like nine months or so, and you matter for the next 18 plus years. You're like 40 something, so 
Yeah, if I were you, I would not be eating pasta with bacon. Hmm. That's a really good point, actually. So why didn't you make a weird sound when I ordered it? Because I am not annoying, and I'm pro-choice. Do you have any issue with uh, with Ed Helms here in, in particular? Like, do you think that because it's it does have that Steve Carell kind of I'm dabbling, like dabbling into that that world effect of a sort of someone who is unlike. Patty Harrison is, I think, more well known as like, oh, no. he's the hangover guy. He's the office guy. So, no, because I think that um, in <laughs> just being a dad, being in that moment when the kid comes, um, when you do see him, there's the his reaction to it. I think if you had thought, you, again, we're projecting our creepiness onto him throughout the whole film, and he's steadfast. This is where he wants to be with us. And he's very clear about that and everything he does supports that. But we assume that there's going to be this other motive that we just don't see yet. And it'll come out the other, you know, shoe will drop, but in that last moment, and it's so perfect that it all plays out on her face. Um, and he's absent from it and it's just all ending with her reaction. I think that that there's, there's not many times when I'm reminded why I love movies and why I really love independent films. That ending was one of the reasons I, I love independent films. And it's just, I know that if this would have been made by a larger studio, um, if they would have been pushing for some big release, it would have had a completely different ending, pulled out the rug, and I would have forgotten about this film by the time I got to the parking lot. Um, and But no, this is something that I will revisit. I, I think this is something that will... I'll end up on the shelf, and in a couple of years, I'll end up wanting to watch this again. And just the way that it does deal with that moment. I don't think I've ever seen that. So honestly portrayed that I related to so deeply in a moment that I've never been a part of, um, you know, the, when it was me and my wife, so much of that was about supporting her in that pregnancy, but it's just, you know, what literally while she was going through birth the first time, um, second time I kind of knew what to expect, but I was an old hand. I was kind of steady hand. Well, yeah, a little bit, but I was like, I was almost pissed off at the baby. It's like, stop hurting my wife. Stop hurting my wife. The baby comes out and it's like, Oh, okay. No, no, no. This is that. Now I realize my purpose at this moment. Okay. Now I get it. This is what I'm here for. So I I, I just like to imagine that the the kid is going to hold that grudge. Even, even from, from his first breath. He does. He does. To the, he's 10 now. He's starting to express it. And I can't blame him. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know about uh, me revisiting this because I'm uncomfortable with the idea of uh, just children in, in general. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think I'm getting to that. I've almost run the clock out on my own personal life in our, our marriage where, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's like, Tom Brady time. It's time to close out the game. It's like the two minute drill. Uh, we get this first down. We win the Super Bowl. And my Super Bowl is not having children. But see, two minute drill. That's all it took for me to get two kids. So uh, there sorry. There's our there's our out. There, thank you for <laughs> for listening to our episode on together together. Which um, I don't know what is it? is it in theatrical release now. Yeah, it's actually it's opening here in Tucson tomorrow. So. I think I'm actually getting it in Lexington as well. Yeah. Like I, I felt like at least one of the theaters uh, 
is getting it here, which that's not a slight on the film because I don't the theatrical theatrical landscape right now. It's like one of them will premiere something like this, and the other one's premiering like Tim Burton's Willy Wonka remake. <laughs> and it's like I there's no rhyme or reason to anything right now, so uh, that's good. But I I wanted to wrap up in a slightly different way, other other than our usual. Uh, you know, dick and fart jokes that we try to go for. And then in my head, that's the music. I'm like, editor Mike cues it up. Um, what, you know, we, we usually come to these conversations with this film reminded me of this, that, or the other. And mm. it, especially when we're talking about independent film, uh, if you're trying to sell this to people who, you know, it's not in their market or, you know, they're hopefully when they listen to this conversation, the ideal I think for you and I is that they sort of pencil the date as far as like, okay, when this releases on Amazon, iTunes, whatever, I'm going to check this out. Um, what films did this inspire you to kind of revisit? Like, cause we, we throw out a lot of different things as far as like, I thought of this, that the other, is there something that you haven't checked out in a while or maybe something you've not even seen that you're like, I, I really need to get around to revisiting or watching that because of this It's put me in the mood. Do you have something specific that you're thinking of that you're wanting to watch well, after this? Yeah, but it, it leads us to dark thoughts, and I, I I don't mean it that way. Uh, and this is not Mike going into his like erotic thrillers mode because that would be unseemly. But um, I'm just speaking from from more of my anti kid thing, I did think of uh, because of the, the dynamics of these two people. I thought of Obvious Child. Uh, which okay. came out, which is about only getting an abortion, but mm -hmm. it is also two people that without the history uh, with each other to sort of handle and navigate those waters are kind of thrust into this sort of life divining situation, but it's also a comedy in that regard and starring, you know, at least one comedian, I believe uh, from SNL at the time, but not anymore. I forget the actress's name um, because I've not seen that film since it came out in like what 2013. It's been a minute, uh, so <laughs> I will pull it up. And I actually think the other guy whose name I also don't know was in the office. Uh, so uh, that was definitely on my mind, but also mainly from my perspective of like, let's find the same thing, but it's about not having kids. How about that? I'll go with the swimmer. It's about this the man swimmer. going through and having transactional relationships that actually have a big effect on each other throughout the day. There you go. That's, that's what I'm well, off the top of my head. That's what I'm coming up with. And not to mention, it's just an excuse to what to, you know, for the eye candy. Yeah. Burt Lancaster just crashing people's pool parties left and right. And not even pool parties. Cause I think, you know, most he, of them, he, he makes brings it, a pool party. He makes it the party. Cause they're yeah. like, you know, with their partner and they're like, Oh, Bert's here. <laughs> and he wants to drink and talk about old flames, I guess. Uh, Jenny Slate is who I'm thinking of. Jenny Slate, uh, which yeah. is unfortunate because I really like another her. another big mouth reference. Though you pulled that back together. There we go. And uh, Jake Lacey is the I guess the office vet in that one. So yeah, uh, a very sweet movie uh, that we both liked about <laughs> bringing life into this world. And I will now go watch the movie, the abortion comedy. I think I'll, I'll go do the swimmer. And if you're being honest with yourself, I think you know that's the right choice. Why not both? <laughs>
you two ready to order? Uh, you know what, actually, yes, I haven't had it. Yes, yes. Um, we'll each have the chicken piccata over linguine, please. Of course. Your favorite. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. You are a serious regular. It's like the one place where I can go and wear my diaper and feel that I fit in. Got it. <laughs> I also don't normally order for the person that I'm with at a restaurant, but the chicken piccata is the best that this place has to offer. It's the gems, crown jewels. It's, you gotta have it. Well, there is nothing better than some hot bread and butter. Yeah. Did you just warm this butter up for me? Yeah. That's really nice. <laughs> oh. That's just what you do.